This is Tom Fox. Welcome to a special five-part podcast series on building a stronger culture of compliance through targeted and effective training sponsored by Diligent. Over this series, we will consider the importance of ongoing communications, the value of targeted training, training third parties, what is effective training, and the role of the board of directors. Now a word about our sponsor, Diligent. This podcast series is presented by Diligent, and Diligent empowers leaders with a holistic view of their organization's governance, risk, compliance, audit, and ESG practices so they can make better decisions faster, no matter what the challenge. Ready for purpose-driven compliance? Diligence equips leaders with the tools they need to build, monitor, and maintain a culture of open, transparent ethics and compliance. Build a stronger culture of compliance by improving cultural openness and training effectiveness so everyone in your organization is ready to make the right choice in any situation. For more information on Diligent and to book a demo, visit diligent.com backslash compliance training. In this episode four, Andrew Rincon, Global Accounts Management Advisor at Diligence, visits with us on training third parties. I know you'll enjoy this most informative episode. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back with another episode. And today I have with me Andrew Rincon. Andrew, first of all, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me on the show. Andrew, could you tell us your a little bit about your professional background? Yeah, absolutely. So like you, Tom, I've actually been involved in the compliance space for quite a few years. I actually got started in the industry around 2013. My professional background, I started off in due diligence. So as, as the compliance industry itself has evolved over time, my career has evolved in it. I've been involved for about 10 years. So I started with the due diligence, open source investigations, EDD, vetting third parties. And then as of recently, I'm focusing more on the technology side of the business and how our clients can leverage technology to, to better their compliance programs. My current role is advisory services and global accounts management at Diligent. Andrew, in 2023, we've actually had four separate FCPA enforcement actions regarding distributors. And that's a little bit unusual because I don't think we've had any involving commission sales agents. Or if we have, it's just been a few. And commission sales agents are certainly recognized as, if not the highest, a high risk under the FCPA and other compliance regimes. But when you talk to clients and customers, do they understand that distributors present risks and it may be a different kind of risk, but it nevertheless is a risk? Tom, I think it's a really good point how you mention it. When we talk to clients and what we see in the industries that most of the time is spent on commission agents, right? So sales agents or those type of intermediaries. And then the idea of focusing your resources on distributors is still is still lacking. And then a lot of it is compliance departments, they're strapped for resources. And so there's a lot of buying in between to be able to actually understand what part of the program to put the major emphasis on. But we are seeing a, a little bit more of a change, especially as you mentioned, with these new regulations that have come out or these new findings that the distributors need to be vetted much more. I was really intrigued by your professional background. Frankly, it sounded a lot like mine when I started in this field. 
but I think one thing the thinking has evolved on, and it really sounds like your career and my career in a nutshell, is that due diligence alone is insufficient. If you agree that's a fair assessment, or if you've seen that evolution, why, why is that? When you think of it, when you go back 10 years, come on, t- technology has evolved so much since back then as well. So I think when, when FCPA compliance began, it was the major emphasis on vetting third parties. But then when you see the other aspects of training, monitoring, and approving third parties as well, those other emphasis at the beginning of the process weren't so emphasized. But as technology has blossomed or boomed over the past few years and allows us to vet much more of our third parties, you, different ways to, to mitigate that risk. And as of recently, what we've seen is also training third parties. Oftentimes, it can, like when you look at companies, we always train our internal staff on different processes, but we don't necessarily train our third parties. But when it comes to the FCPA violations, they, they don't really take a distinction between your own internal personnel and also your distributors or your resellers, you, the extensions of them. They view them as one and the same. You certainly are correct to talk about the potential risks. And many, I would say all comp- compliance professionals recognize the potential risks. Unfortunately, not all business persons recognize the potential risk. But you mentioned something else in there, which is really the business component of this. And that usually starts with something along the lines of, I need this yesterday. Then it moves to, I need this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it then it moves to, okay, you've done it, but how can you as compliance be less friction or not completely frictionless, but less friction. And so I wanted to ask you for your thoughts on the need for efficient yet expeditious due diligence investigation and evaluation of a third party and specifically a distributor. Yeah. So Tom, when you think about it, oftentimes maybe the business side of, of the companies look at compliance. It's not so much of a value add, or we'll look at it. It slows down the process. So it really is the kind of that internal struggle of showing them and demonstrating the sell to it. And so being as efficient as process. And nowadays everything moves at the speed of light, all information, is, is just processed so quickly. So the way we did it historically here at Diligent, our due diligence investigations always had a fixed cost and a fixed scope. So it was very reliable of exactly when you could expect to see the final results. And then when it comes to training, we look at it too as uh, this evolution of the, the internet or different aspects as well. Now, instead of providing long version content, we've condensed it into short micro training videos So when it comes to training third parties, training your business, training your team members, you can send them out short tidbits that give them the highlights of what they need to do. And it's much more digestible and able to, for them to be able to process it all. So in addition to what you have just described as a greater business efficiency for the actual process, it also seems to me that would generate a fair amount of goodwill for the compliance professional, for the compliance department, for the compliance team to be shown as a true partner of the business and the business operations. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely, Tom. That's the thing. It's a partnership, right? And everybody's on the same team of just making sure we compliance doesn't ever want to slow down the business. But the idea is to make sure before the business proceeds that the proper checks have been in place. Because as you can see, with the different enforcements, when an enforcement takes place, 
it costs the business millions of dollars, and not just in a monetary sense, but also in reputational. So where we look at it is to how you know how to mitigate, to run that balance of making sure that you're checking and doing the proper processes within it without slowing down the process. And oftentimes technology and having a very reliable and strong due diligence partner can allow you to do that. So one of the things that took me a while to learn was certainly due diligence is critical. The information you receive, the evaluation of that, signing a contract's important, but the work mm-hmm. really starts after the contract signed. So I wanted to take a few minutes to explore with you in the realm of training and communications. How can you help a client with that ongoing relationship with a third party, with a distributor? What are the different types of communications and or learning materials that you or Diligent would advocate that a company use with its third parties, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. So after the onboarding occurs, you always want to think of the renewal process per se. So at Diligent, we offer just a variety of different options. So even for automated screening and monitoring. So against the global sanctions and watch list, and also against adverse media, where you can put that on a cadence and so that your third parties are constantly being vetted against that type of information. In addition to that, we see a lot of our clients sending out attestations. So whether yearly attestation or on the particular cadence and broken down based off of risk tier. And then another area that we're seeing a big focus on is particular training. So looking at the videos that I mentioned prior, and you can send them out. So at Diligent, we actually have a whole library of anti-bribery, anti-corruption videos that focus in on different topics that are relevant to the business and to your third party so that they can be educated on kind of the baseline expectations that you have for them. You can customize your own training or take the ones directly off the shelf. And then what we find for it too is that we operate in a really a very global environment. With that said, so you're going to have distributors in the Middle East, possibly in Asia, and then also Latin America. What's considered normal in each one of the regions is different. So the conversations you can have, the type of gifts that you're able to provide, the type of interactions that you can have in a business setting are completely different. So by able to train them and send them the same content, and our content, the benefit of it is that it can be translated into multiple languages so that they can view it in their local language. They're receiving the same content, but they're receiving it. You're meeting them where they're at. And then at the end of the day, too, they can have the certification. So they'll see the information. They're trained. So it's a value add for your for your business partners as well. I've heard you use the term micro learnings. I was wondering if you could tell us what those are and how you see those working as either ongoing communications or training. Yeah, so for micro-training, it's basically taking the concept of, we're talking about the speed of business, speed of compliance. If you want to send a person, almost anybody right now, to sit down and watch a 45-minute video or an hour-long training, they don't have the time for it. And so what we've, as the trend has happened over the past few years, we've taken that information but in, and, and distilled what you would find in a 45-minute video or an hour-long video and put it into bite-sized information. So approximately four to seven minutes, but looking at it in in an animated way as well to make sure that you're grabbing the attention of the audience and they're they're hitting the highlights. You're educating them on the main points. For instance, we have specific books on anti-bribery, anti-corruption, and it'll show them what is important so that you ensure that by the time that they finish watching the video, 
they know the key points that you wanted to take away from them. And then especially time you've been focusing in on here about the distributors, accurate books and records are so important. So when you look at some of those enforcement options, you see the distributor saying, I'm selling to the final customer at a steep discount. When in actuality, the final customer has paid the full price for the product. And that discount that's been given is used as a facilitation payment. And so that's the type of stuff where you can educate them to let them know with through our content that it, it's not okay to do that. In addition to the training of the distributors, do you also help companies understand the internal gatekeepers who may be involved with distributors? You specifically mentioned the payments, but someone's got to authorize a discount. Someone's got to look at the distributor on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. Do you find that clients understand that the internal company employees who work with distributors also need this training, but can benefit from the micro learnings you described as well? It's always a kind of a, like a point of improvement there too. It's again, it's always resource constraints and understanding that. So historically, once you vetted the third party, you thought that maybe the process was over and we'll re-vet them a year from now or two years from now. But nowadays, I mean, with the amount of information that gets published every single day throughout the world, there, there's so much content out there. So then for creating those internal controls, it's important for our clients to leverage technology and to be able to shoot it out. Because nowadays, with you can use automation to say, if certain distributors in certain regions are being getting excess discounts or are selling at a price that we think is far below what it's typically given, that's something that can be red flagged out by technology and brought to the attention so that they can see it in more in an automated fashion and have it kind of just one centralized or integrated risk profile. Because the last thing you want to do is provide more work to the compliance team without giving them the tools to actually be able to, uh, to best utilize it. Andrew, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, and I hope our listeners will join us in our next episode where we're joined by David Greenberg to talk about innovative offerings through training programs. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted any more information on any of the topics you've touched on, what would be the best place for them to go? Yeah, we'd recommend our users to definitely look on the Diligent website. There we have a lot of different resources where you can see both our thought pieces and all the different offerings and where we see the market going in the future. And I just want to shout out to the Diligent website, which is diligent.com, because there's a ton of materials on there available at no cost for the compliance professionals. So check it out. Andrew, for, once again, thank you for taking the time to visit with me. And I look forward to continuing this conversation. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to talking again. This is Tom Fox. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you will join me tomorrow for our fifth and final episode in this special five-part podcast series where I visit with well-known board expert David Greenberg on the role of the board in compliance and the role of the board in training. I know you'll enjoy this concluding episode of this great five-part series sponsored by Diligent, which was a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.